0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Dfv. I am your co-host, Black Cinephile, and I'm your co-host, Brad. There's Brad, and today we got a special one. One that's been in the works. Uh, you know, one of these movies we, we we've seen and talked about off camera, um, off air, and we we've been waiting, waiting to mention it on Dfv. Uh, we got we got uh, the beginning and end of John Wick
1: yeah and uh man what a beginning and end for an entire movie series that we're going to be talking about here because Mm -hmm. the john wick franchise i think is one of those rare franchises where literally every movie ups the ante enough that it's better than the previous iteration and i'm trying to think of other you know series that have pulled this off and everything like that and typically it's like okay you got like godfather and then godfather 2 okay people pretty much go godfather 2 is better than godfather you have things like uh you know terminator 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 2 terminator 2 is much more appreciated than terminator but then you start talking about the third movie and it's like okay well (laughs) we don't talk about the third movie (laughs) the
0: conversation kind of lingers off
1: right And with John Wick, it's different. It's like, oh, man, did you see John Wick? Yeah, that was a great movie. Did you see John Wick 2? Yeah, that was a great movie. Did you see the third one? Yeah, that was a great movie. And then we have the fourth one that just came up. And it somehow continually rises. And this is even shown in the box office, which I love, where each movie is basically doubled the box office numbers of the previous movie. And John Wick 4 is on route to almost do the same.
0: Listen, it, it's very rare that a series, at, a, a franchise, gets progressively better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you could say Avatar got better with Avatar 2, but then again, that's just two films so far. It's got the budget of a franchise, but it's just two films so far. You know, Lord of the Rings is an exception. You know, that got progressively better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like as far as, like like, action franchises, Mission Impossible is great. Um, It is great, but I got to say, John Wick may go down as the best action franchise of all time. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And we also still have the spinoffs
1: coming for The Continental and Ballerina, I think is what the other one is called.
0: It's like when you really think about it, though, right? Like, I I think I put this over Mad Max, The Matrix, um, Indiana Jones. I guess Indiana Jones is action and, you know, some people may put Indiana Jones a step above, but I think just each film just killing no controversy, no polarizing fan reaction. Mm. Each film is just, it just hits.
1: Yeah. Uh, when it comes to Indiana Jones, I would say that's more family action than John wick. It's a different kind of action that they're focusing on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or adventure. You could just say it's adventure too. um, Hey, look, we're we're just gonna get into it here, man. I mean, uh, we got John Wick One versus uh, John Wick Chapter Four. Uh, I, I think chronological is just uh, it, it. It's it's not even in question here. We we gotta we gotta put it in chronological. Yeah,
1: we gotta do chronological on this one, which we haven't done chronological
0: in a while. So I think this makes sense to do chronological here. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, all right, man, you want to take over John Wick and I'll do four? Oh, I'll kick us
1: right off. So, starting off, we have John Wick, the first movie in the franchise, which give us the gives us the introduction to John Wick, a retired assassin who has managed to get out of the life and bought his freedom after pulling off an essentially impossible task in order to live with his wife for several years in complete, you know freedom from this world a couple days after his wife passes he gets a dog from her in order to keep his life kind of together even though that she's no longer there so he has something to love when a mob boss's son decides he really likes john wick's car and he wants it when john wick refuses he comes to john wick's house kills his dog beats him senseless and steals his car in which John Wick decides he needs to retaliate because that dog was the only thing that he still had in his life that he could love. And in doing so, he returns to the world of assassins in beautiful fashion and possibly one of the best revenge stories for a, you know, fallen pet that uh, it's basically become a joke. You do not touch John Wick's dog.
0: Yeah, man. I mean to think this whole series started from from a dog. Mm-hmm. The death of a dog, man. Yeah. Man, you gotta love it.
1: And I especially love that every movie since then has had a dog in it and there's been scenes where it's like, Oh no, the dog's in danger and just it the movie basically goes, Don't worry, we're we're not gonna hurt the dog. I swear, we're not gonna hurt the dog. Please don't <laughs> hate us.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, what can you say about this film? I mean, when I first saw this, this was coming at a time where Keanu Reeves, you know, he had been doing some independent films. Um, His, Mm. his like, box office, like, potential was kind of in a lull. You know, Uh, we we had seen him here and there. I think he had, like, directed and starred in a film called uh, Man of Tai Chi. That was an independent film. But he didn't really have that box office star thing going at the moment. So when this kind of, when this script came across his desk, he was like, uh, "Oh, I like this. Mm-hmm. I would love to do this. Um, I I want Chas Staliski to choreograph the scenes and David Lidich, uh, David Leitch to direct. Um, Chas Staliski, who was also, um, I believe he he's a as, as in addition to being a director, he's also a stuntman. He took over as a director. He took over as a director and." Um, from there, magic happened, man. I mean, like, this film seems like it's directed by a well-seasoned stuntman. I mean, the, the gun-fu, mm-hmm. the, the hand-to-hand combat is just unlike no other.
1: Yeah, the choreography in this movie is basically what had it stand out, where its mm-hmm. action scenes just feel very tense and focused, which a lot of action movies and everything like that, it's very, like, oh, guns blazing down a hallway – uh, running gun this one's very meticulous it's very here's a corner let me shoot around the corner here's this guy you know do this do that take the knife mm-hmm. stab him you know use his body as a shield get this other person and it's happening in environments that normally movies don't go into like nightclubs and you know hotels and everything like that where it's this movie sets up a universe that kind of knows that this assassin world exists. It's not a secret. Mm-hmm. And as a part of that, people kind of don't react the way you would
0: expect to these situations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I love how the running joke, uh, throughout the movie is like, uh, Oh, John, you're back. Like you. You're, you're, you're mm-hmm. back in the game. Um, and then, like, when, uh, there's a disturbance when the police are uh, uh, answered to a disturbance in Giles' house. They go to his house and go, oh, so uh, so you're back, huh? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, uh, yeah. Uh, I also it-
1: love how we get introduced, like, to the different parts of this world. Like, you have the Continental, mm-hmm. which is the hotel that, you know, assassins can go to, but you don't do your yeah. work at the Continental, And we later learn in one of the next movies that there's a continental in basically every country that has to follow the same rules. And we're kind of brought in to understand that, you know, there's cleanup crews. The police are kind of aware of the assassin world. We have the mob bosses that are kind of part of it. And then this Mm -hmm. ever looming idea. I don't think the high table is actually mentioned in the first movie. I think that was the second movie that introduced the high table.
0: Yes. I don't think, I don't think it's mentioned yeah. here.
1: I, I'm trying to think uh, if there was any mention of the high table and maybe there was mention of like the rules with the continental with, you don't, you know, do anything on the grounds of the continental, but I think the rest of the rules were brought up in John wick too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But th- this movie does a great job of kind of introducing and making us go, I want more of that, you know. There's there's a lot of Absolutely. interesting things about this world that are
0: introduced. Listen, man. When I left the theater with my mom, I said, "If Lionsgate doesn't make a sequel to this, you got some dumb executives in that mm. in that uh boardroom. Like, if you don't make a sequel to this and and cash out on uh Kevin's Kevin Keanu Reeves uh action potential and this this lovely world building potential that you have here." That you got some stupid people in that boardroom. Oh, period. yeah. Like, like, um, yeah, man. I do, so so. This is my thing. I love Keanu Reeves as a person. He seems like a great guy. Um, as an actor, I've always been touch and go with him. I, I like him in the right roles. You know what I'm saying? Like we see him as Neo. He's Neo. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like like whoa, and you know, like uh, you know, just like a. Uh, no, it's just like just like a everyday hacker that gets pulled into, um, you know, a futuristic punk world and has to save the world. That's Keanu's alley, you know. You you gotta with an actor like this, you gotta give him a role that plays to his strengths. And I, I mean, John Wick is the perfect role for him.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, he does absolutely fantastic like you said as like Neo in the Matrix and you know mm-hmm. even like Bill and Ted he's absolutely amazing in that for like a comedy yeah. perspective but John Wick is his role it's it, it's not like oh yeah we happen to just shove Keanu in this no John Wick is you know Keanu or mm-hmm. you know and the two kind of go hand in hand with each other I couldn't imagine them trying to do any recasting with this. Like, I would. I know people have mentioned, like, "Oh, I'd like to see a John Wick movie, like in the early days, you know, and everything like that." It's like, yeah, but I don't see us doing that with another actor. You know, it wouldn't feel the same. For sure.
0: Yeah, I I, I completely agree for sure. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, go ahead. Yeah. So.
1: I I absolutely gotta say that uh, when it comes to this movie, I think it's setting up like the idea of just how powerful, you know, John Wick is as Mm -hmm. this character and everything that everybody fears him. You have literally the entire mob kind of that we're introduced to every time John Wick is brought up, they go, oh, he's back, you know, like there's fear in that name. And even when they're kind of talking about him to introduce him to his son and everything is going, no, 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 he is not the boogeyman. John Wick is the guy you call in to kill the boogeyman, (laughs) which I still love that line. I still think that is like one of the best ways to introduce a character is, oh, no, no, You, you should fear him because fear itself is the thing that he goes after.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh,
1: I I don't know. I'm trying to think of uh, some of the other stuff, but one thing that I keep forgetting about this movie is this movie has Willem Dafoe in it as the sniper that works alongside like John Wick and, you know, saves his life a couple of times. And I keep forgetting that every single John Wick movie has those like little, you know, other assassins that pop in. That kind of team up or help or go against him that are played mm-hmm. by great actors that you kind of forget. Oh yeah, he was in this
0: movie. Yeah, one thing I um, yeah, William Defoe was a uh, was was a, a welcome uh, a, a sight for eyes in this film. But I want to say John Leguizamo, uh, dude, I love John, man. I love William too, but I, dude, mm-hmm. I just love John Leguizamo. Like I love how he's um, he goes, whose car is this? So, you know, just some some guy. He says, no, wait, wait, how wait, did wait. you get that car? <laughs> right, right, right. Like I love the facial expressions when he knows, like, oh, y'all, y'all, y'all done messed up. Yeah. <laughs> y'all done screwed up. <laughs> you done goofed. <laughs> right. <laughs> you done goofed. Yeah, like I, I, I love John Lucas. album. I love William Defoe. I love um Ian McShane, who is um, you know, in all of the films, but um I like his uh, you know, kind of like his um it's buttoned down, you know, uh classy uh style compared to John Wick's where Jai is just all about, you know, business and you know, taking revenge and he's all about, you know, um the business of uh the Continental and, you know, mm. the hitman business.
1: Yeah. Uh we also have, you know, Lance Riddick in this uh Rest in yes. Peace. Rest who in peace. is absolutely we're introduced to him just as kind of the, you know, front man of the continental Uh, he's basically Mm -hmm. just there to check people in check people out give them their rooms everything like that he really doesn't have any big moments in this movie but he Mm -hmm. becomes a huge part of the following movies especially the third movie where he has the full action scene at the end and this movie loves to kind of uh, do stuff with its characters and everything, or this franchise loves to do stuff with these characters that they introduced in this movie that kind of were like, yeah, it's, it's a one-off kind of role. And that is like, no, 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 it's going to be a bigger role for the rest of the franchise. Mm-hmm. And considering this movie was written with all intents, just being a one and done movie, it does everything that needs to do to steal itself off and be like, okay, this was a good movie. It, it did well it would have been disappointing if we didn't get a sequel to it, but at the same time, the movie caps itself off very nicely that you go, okay, if we don't get a sequel, I'd still be happy with this movie. Because even at the end, he uh, I, I keep forgetting, he technically steals a dog <laughs> from you know, that uh, veterinary's office that <laughs> he ends up at to repair <laughs> himself after the end right, uh, right. battle. He just kind of goes, oh dog mine now. <laughs> And that's that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Well, it's more like the dog found him, right? Kind of. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> he literally takes it out of the cage and goes, oh, let's put a leash on you and let's
0: go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And plus the dog was about to be euthanized. so
1: Oh, yeah. Like, that right. too. But at the same time, I think it's just funny <laughs> it's no that more- he just walks into a you know veterinary <laughs> office, patches himself up, looks and goes, I'm going to steal that
0: dog. <laughs> That's dog's mind now. No more dog dies in my sight. Right, yeah. <laughs> no No More Dogs Die In My Sight. Um yeah, man, you gotta love it, man. You go from the gunplay to uh the hand-to-hand combat towards the end between him and the final boss, which is yep. awesome. Um and I love the colorful subtitles too that come on screen. Dude. Oh yes. Like that was yeah. I feel like that was one thing in this film that really set it apart, man. Just the style of it, from the subtitles to the combat. You know, to uh the the set design, you know of um of the underworld uh, uh scenes. I mean, the underworld locations. Mm-hmm. Dude, fun fact: Did you know this movie was co-produced by Eva Longoria? I didn't. Yeah, she co-produced this movie. I I, I think that's a great uh, t- uh tidbit, but yeah, um, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. I even um there's this terrific scene, uh, William Defoe's death scene where um I don't listen to this guy like that, but there's a Marilyn Manson song called Killing Strangers that plays during that scene. Mm-hmm. And I just think that scene is so great, how like uh, you know, William kind of like pulls the gun out and shoots like I think like like two of them at first, and then they just gun him down real quick, mm-hmm. which I thought well, that was kind of pointless. But <laughs> I just I just I just like the way that scene plays out. Oh yeah,
1: well I also like the scene where you have the other assassin. Uh, what was her name? The the one that goes after uh
0: Wick. It was. I know who you're talking about. I forgot her name. Uh, Miss Perkins. Yes. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say I think yes. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was her name. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh. Who proceeds to try and kill Wick on the continental grounds, and as such, she becomes excommunicado at uh, the end of the movie, which just has uh, Winston's great line of, you know, you have now been banned from the continental, and as he walks away, the people that surround her just shoot. They just fire, and she just drops dead. And I, I love that scene. It's just so wonderfully shot and everything. It has that, like, tension and that kind of mode of, like, look, they have rules here in the world of assassins. And if you break those rules, you're done. That That's
0: the end of it for you. All right. Uh, until we find out, uh, unless you're John Wick. Unless you're John Wick. There, 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 there are no rules.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, at the same time, in the second one where he breaks the rule, he does still go excommunicado. It's just, he's given an hour warning because of his relationship with uh, Winston. Right, right,
0: right. Uh yeah, yeah. Uh man, uh great film, great film. I uh I ain't gonna give it a straight up five. I think no. it's a great I think it's a, I think it's a great start to a series, so I'm gonna give it a four, but uh mm. damn is it a strong four. Yeah, I mean I, it's a very strong four.
1: I gotta agree. This is a four out of five movie that pulls off everything that's looking to do and as itself, you know, not taking the rest of the John Wick movies into account, it has a great mm-hmm. opening, it has a great close, uh, it is silly at times, like the shootout scene in the club and everything like that, which right. just this movie on its own is very weird, the way that people react to it, it is a jarring kind of thing, but as we come to the rest of the movies, it becomes less jarring and more of just, yeah, that's just how it works here, that's You know, people are just kind of used to this. But in this movie, it does stand out the most because it is the first time we're introduced to this. And the fact that that was like a creative choice to make it. So, yeah, there's a shootout going on in this nightclub, you know, where the owner's son is literally trying running down the halls in a swimsuit and trying to get away from this other guy. And everybody's still like, yeah, dance, you know? Oh, yeah, that guy's brains just splattered right next to me. I don't care. I like this song. Let's keep going.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely not a self-aware world, right? Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that, too. I think that's funny. Yeah, man. So uh, on to the next one here. Um, we got the uh, most recent final chapter of John Wick. Uh, spoiler alert for all y'all that, you know, aren't used to us. We, we're going full on spoilers here. We, we're, we're going here. Uh, we got John Wick Chapter Four. Mm-hmm. So brief synopsis. Uh, over the course of uh three films, you know, uh John Wick has now planned to exact his revenge against the High Table, and uh you know he's been hiding underground with the Bowery King, uh you know played by Lawrence Fishburne, and the High Table is also uh on their hunt for John Wick at the same time. Now there's been some uh consequences and repercussions that uh wrapped up that get wrapped up real real quick in the first act. Um the Continental was shut down. The New York Continental was shut down. And um Winston's concierge uh Sharon is um woefully uh executed uh for uh Winston's uh failure to uh kill John Wick when he shot him at the end of 3. Mm-hmm. So from here on out, you know, uh John is in hiding. The high table is pulling out all his cards to get John executed while John is also trying to uh you know pull out his, all of his cards to uh go against the high table. And therein lies the mostly bare bones plot of John Wick, chapter four. Man, see this film right here. I, I knew this was gonna be special. Uh, not just because of the trailer, I didn't even watch the trailers. Mm-hmm. John Wick is a film. I don't need to watch a preview or a trailer. I just already know it's going to be good. Yeah, the
1: only things that I saw were like the tiny clips that would play like before a YouTube video where it's that five second ad of just John Wick, like going down the street in a car or something without a door. And it's like, okay, that's all I need to see to know that I'm watching this movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, if if movie theaters didn't put them in our face so much, I wouldn't even saw a trailer for Avatar 2. I would have just went to see it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I it, it, so it's sometimes when a film is a film that of a franchise I like, I just know I'm going to see it. But uh from the opening frame, man, all you see is like a like like a punching bag or something. And I don't know if it was loud in your theater, but a big fist comes and you hear this loud boom. Oh yeah. Like within the first opening seconds.
1: So I saw this in the equivalent of IMAX. Me too. And Yeah, that first uh, thought, because the movie just kind of does its whole, like, you know, here's the studios that worked on it. You have the roller coaster one and (laughs) this one. And then it's just silence. And then, boom. And that got me. I I jumped on that because I was not expecting that at all.
0: (laughs) This film is telling you, look, man, this, this is 169 minutes. I'm going to need your attention (laughs) from the opening frame. Like, are you paying attention? Wake up. Previews are over. We're getting into (laughs) the movie now. (laughs) Wake up. Wake up. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I was automatically in from that point. And I love um, Lawrence Fishburne's soliloquy. I don't know where that's from, but um, the soliloquy he was giving. But uh, I love his soliloquy. And uh, when he blows out the candle, which is an homage to Lawrence of Arabia, you Mm -hmm. get that terrific match cut to... The, the sunrise coming up and John Wick on a horse, um, you know, about to do battle. I, I right. loved it, man. I was automatically in from the beginning.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, It comes down to when this movie jumps in, it it jumps right in. And it gives us a quick little action scene of John Wick on a horse before it kind of tells us exactly what we're expecting in this movie, where John literally finds the new head of the high table and just right off the bat goes, look, I'm going to kill all of you because that's the only way I get my freedom. And he's like, well, mm-hmm. even if you kill us, it won't change anything. And his response is basically, well, I guess we're gonna find out. And then just
0: bam, shoots him point blank right there. Yeah, there's a great theme that runs throughout this going, like, um, and I think uh I, I think this is something that uh, uh Winston says to him at one point, like, what what happens when you kill when you kill everybody, John? What then? Mm-hmm. Like what you can't just kill everybody for the rest of your life. You're just gonna keep killing people. And that, that's a pretty strong theme that runs throughout this movie. Like what what happens in the end? Mm-hmm. Like what happens when you finally get the final boss? Like you, you just keep fighting. Um I love how this film plays with mortality too. But we we'll, we we got time to get there. Um yeah, man. So I just want to start off with the first uh action set piece uh at the uh Osaka Continental. I ain't going to lie. When this first started, I was like, um, no, I liked it. I liked it. But I, I, you know, it kind of, I don't want to get too critical. But I was like, it kind of went a little too long in some places. I was like, okay, I get it. They're they're fighting with the swords. I'm I'm in it. You know, let's kind of speed it up a little bit. What did you feel about this set piece? See, I disagree. I
1: love that scene all together like when you have the head of the osaka continental like walking back through the kitchen and his bodyguards are all like sitting down and playing like poker or something like that and he's like we have some guests you need to come and greet them you know and you <laughs> just see them walk up to like one of the cabinets open it and it's just filled with guns and swords and you know everything like that i was just like oh it's happening already this is great right and One thing I mean, we'll get into some of the other action scenes throughout this movie, but Mm -hmm. one thing I love about this movie is its action scenes are basically better done versions of previous action scenes in the previous three movies. So we have Mm -hmm. this opening of the Continental in Osaka being under attack and everything, and it basically mirrors the Continental in New York that was attacked in the end of uh, the third movie. And Mm -hmm. I think it's just a more interesting way of kind of being like, hey, we understand the beats from the previous movies that everybody loves and everything like that. We can make them Mm -hmm. different enough that you're going to enjoy them, but kind of give you that little bit of a, you know, cue of, hey, remember that fight? We're doing that again, but better this time, I swear. And they pull it off, I think.
0: Yeah, um... Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Uh woo. man, we gotta talk about Donnie Yen's character, Kane. This guy was out cold. And I and I love how the character takes his time to get into uh into the fighting. Everyone's doing their shooting and everything. He's just over here eating ramen. Mm-hmm. And they're like, dude, are you gonna help us? He slurps up the last of the ramen, looks into the side, and he just he just goes in, right? I uh I thought he was a terrific uh terrific fighter. Oh yeah. I also uh, love
1: how him being a blind assassin, he has a very particular fighting style where he <clears throat> uses very like uh, swift motions that are long reaching and it, when he has somebody close, he basically does not let them go because if he does, uh, he'll lose them. So his actions are very like sweeping, slow motion until he finds somebody and then it's just high pace action from there. And I love how he also uses the what was it, the doorbell alarms that people like stores have to like tell you, mm-hmm. oh, when somebody's walking into a store and so he uses those to detect where people are. And yeah, I would have loved that if that he used cool. that a little bit more in the movie. It's only really mm-hmm. in that one scene that he uses it. I don't think they ever came back in any other scenes. But I I love that creativity with him being an assassin and everything, and him using everything to his advantage.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I I agree too. I agree too. I love I love that sequence. Um. I like the backstory. Uh. Between um. Uh. Koji, his daughter, and Kane. Mm-hmm. I, I got like a I got Kill Bill ch- uh, uh chills from that. You know what I mean? Especially I can see that. that yeah. Show. Yeah, especially that final showdown where um, you know, he's like, uh she she reaches for the sword, he says, Stop, live. I mm-hmm. was <laughs> like, How badass is that? He says, Stop, live. <laughs> like, you know, like like don't don't fall down like your father. she pauses for a minute and lets him go. He's like, you know, I'll be I'll be waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Um I like I like where they leave that off. Uh but um I wanted to say uh so the, so going off to the next scene, let's pause to talk about some characters here first. Dude, Bill Skarsgard, man, this dude was a terrific villain. He I Bill mean, Skarsgard he in
1: general has a very like creepy demeanor to him whenever he's acting. Yeah. He can pull that off
0: so well. I mean, he just he just he just nailed it. As as a uh, Marquise Vincent de Gramont, I think is his name. He just he he nailed it as Marquise. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was despicable. He was sleek. You know, he was uh you know um, trying his best to stay composed. He was a terrific character. Oh yeah. Um, I loved uh, Shamir Anderson as the tracker. You know, the guy with the dog. Uh, I thought he was terrific. Yeah,
1: AKA uh. Mister
0: Nobody. Mr. Nobody, yeah, I thought I that's what they called him. Yep. Yeah, I, 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 I love these characters, man. These were these some great um uh new characters here. Kane Marquise in the tracker. Uh oh, and this is the next scene. We gotta get to we gotta get to Killer. Mm-hmm. I now I didn't know who this guy was that was playing him until I found out okay, Scott Atkins. Oh, okay, he's a he's a he's a martial artist guy. Um I just I, I knew it had to be somebody in makeup. Tell me why I first thought it was Steve Coogan. You know who he is? I, I I know who he is, but so you
1: saw him and immediately you're like, "Oh yeah, that's Steve Coogan."
0: I I didn't think Steve Coogan would be in a John Wick film, but I was right. like, "But that <laughs> looks like Steve Coogan. Who is that? Is that someone as Steve Coogan as this guy?" Yeah. <laughs> like, who is that? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know who he was. So I had to look him up, uh look him up in the end. Uh but yeah, man. Oh, Oh man, that fight scene would kill I love the poker scene. Like where they were playing poker, right? Uh I think it was yeah, it was poker. Yeah, I love the poker scene and how um you know he he kinda like kinda says like, Oh, you're here for this, you're here for this. Jod, what are you here for? I'm here to kill you. <laughs> you know, like Mm-hmm. I love how Keanu he he barely has no lines in this movie. <laughs> He's not wasting any time. Right, yeah. His 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 dia- his lines of dialogue is a uh, gun That's his lines of dialogue in this movie. Yeah.
1: Well, we had to get a little bit uh prior to that entire fight scene with him because I love how they kind of make reference to a lot of the rules that are playing in this world and everything, where he has to get a new marker in order to get access to the high table in order to kind of go up against the marquee who has taken over the high table as the person with all the money and all the power in order to take out John wick. Mm-hmm. And that's what brings him to there. And I love the scene prior to that, where he's, you know, hanging basically for, uh, or about to be hung, For his crimes against the... I'm trying to remember what that group was called. But the one that's located inside the church. Uh, The Ruska Roma. Yes. And I love how it's like, well, if you go and kill this person, you know, we'll forgive you for your previous transgressions and create a nude seal with you in order for you to join back into us so we have a deal to allow you to go up against the high table and in doing so it's like well how am i going to find this person klaus will you know show you the way (laughs) i am klaus (laughs) i looked at him as another group like, I am group Oh, yeah. <laughs> Basically. I love how literally that's all his line is. Is I am Klaus, and just bashes him in the head to knock him out. <laughs> and then later, like, when he's dropping him off, you know, and you can leave now. I am Klaus. And then he leaves. <laughs> uh, it's also, like, reminiscent of, like, the hot fuzz, you know, Yerp.
0: <laughs> Yerp. <laughs> well, how about uh, Finding Nemo? Mime?
1: Yeah, mine? Mime? mine? <laughs> And I, I absolutely love that scene. That that got a great laugh out of me, especially when he said it the second time, like the first time it's like who is Klaus? I am Klaus. Bam. And it's like okay, that's funny. And then the fact that he says it again later and that's all he <laughs> says.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that had, that had me heavy laughing. Um yeah, man, I love the fight scene between him and Killer or uh mm-hmm. aka Scott Atkins, um yeah 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 great fight scene and again they fought in a nightclub right and everybody's looking around like nothing's wrong mm-hmm. people are getting like bullets are going around they're fighting and people just keep on dancing like yeah. it's just another night here let's just keep dancing
1: yeah not only bullets though axes there are axes flying through the air in this nightclub right. and everybody's just like man this techno is really hitting today
0: yeah <laughs> yeah for sure Oh, man, I got to go back to the beginning, though. Something I wanted to bring up. Man, that Lance Reddick death. Uh, I mean, it comes even sadder knowing that he's dead now in real mm. life. But uh, I did not see that coming. Did you? Uh, no, not at all.
1: Which that was like one of the most shocking kind of things at the beginning of the movie. You go, OK, there's no holds barred in this movie and anything can happen is literally when we're introduced to the marquee, which I think was a great introduction to him to make us instantly hate him as a Mm -hmm. villain outside of him being the villain of the story was him just going, you know, you failed the high table, uh, when talking to Winston and he points a gun at Winston and says, so your time has come. And then he instantly just turns and kills, uh, you know, Sharon, uh, Lance Reddick's character, mm. and leaves Winston alive. And he goes, now think of why I left you alive and why I didn't kill you. And imagine a world where you are actually going to take this moment and do something with it. And mm. then he walks off and it's like, oh, that is that is so tense. It is. Yeah, it's so it, it, it puts that chill in you. And at the same time, like Winston literally lost his best friend here. Right. Expecting himself to die and he survived it. And instantly I love how that brings him as like these person that's trying to get revenge on the Marquis instantly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It establishes him as a great villain to, uh, like, like, like it does. Um, I wanted to say uh, I love the the little game they have. I love Clancy Br- Clancy Brown in this film too, as kind of like um, the guy that sets everything up. He's he's the harbinger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like his role in this, but I like how they played that card game to set up how they're gonna do this, and uh, they settle on a um, on a duel. And uh, I say to myself, because in my mind I'm getting excited. I'm like. You telling me this marquee guy is great at, gu- at gun at Because I I I'm I'm like whatever this film is building up to. If it comes out to a gun duel between these two, I'm I'm all in. Mm-hmm. But you know, then he decide, then he says, "Oh well, Kane's gonna step in for me." And I'm like, "Oh okay, no, this guy ain't about that action." Mm-hmm. I thought I listen. I thought the film was hiding a a a great card behind his back, like like Bill Skarsgård was gonna be out cold. But it was like, no, nah, he's just he's he's just the guy at the top that makes the shots. He don't really he don't really shoot the shots.
1: Yeah, I I like how uh, similar to other members of the high table, they're not the ones that get their hands dirty or they're not there because of their skills. They're Mm -hmm. there because they know how to manage the people with the skills.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that scene with the 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 uh, the knife in the hand um, where, uh, you know, the tracker makes a deal with him. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, Marquise being the psychopath he is, like puts a knife through his hand and he basically tells him, like, uh, now you could remove the knife or you could uh, like move your hand. Uh wh- whichever action you do shows you what kind of man you are, and what kind of art like and what kind of what you're willing to sacrifice. And I just love that gory scene of him just moving his hand yeah. slowly. I was like, Oh man, this movie like this guy is So out cold. uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, my, my wife was with me at the screening, just holding her face, trying not to look at it. Hmm.
1: Yeah, it's um, definitely, this movie does not shy away from that kind of stuff. Like, I think every single John Wick movie has one of those scenes that make you go, oh, that didn't, I didn't like that. Don't Don't do that again, please. And that was definitely the scene in this
0: movie. Man. We got to move on to what I feel like is one of the best action sequences. There's a lot of great action sequences in this, but this one just had my jaw, to in this film. I We'll get to the other one later. But mm-hmm. this one had my jaw to the floor, dude. We got to talk about the car sequence. Oh, my goodness. I've never seen anything like this in a movie before. If you have, let me know. But there's one scene where... Everybody is on their way to John Wick, and it, it, it gets separated by interludes of like this. This, I, and I thought this was cool. This radio station that the hitman listened to, and you got this DJ. She's playing all these classic hits, and uh, at one point they end up in a, a roundabout. Um, and dude, it's just—it's literally one of the best action set pieces I've ever seen in my life. You know, you basically got John Wick fighting and throwing opponents into oncoming traffic mm-hmm. and it's it's like it's it's um i don't want to say it's like a video game another sequence i love is like a video game but not, not this one this is just it's just a hyper realistic scene that you just you just have to see to believe i i just i i want to i want to see a behind the scenes feature on that uh, that scene alone like J- just a car fight that? kind of stuff yes because i i'm telling you my jaw was to the floor i'm like how did they shoot this Yeah.
1: And the best part is you have John Wick literally stealing a car and going head on into traffic while Mm -hmm. all the assassins are kind of flowing with traffic and everything and trying to take him out. And eventually his car flips and everything like that. Traffic just kind of ignores the fact that this is all going on. And they're just like, dude, I got to get to work. You got to. Can you just not today, please? I I got places to be. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and
0: even when there's people even, running around in the road and everything like that, yeah, I'm not even paying attention to that. I, I listen, li- listen. Throw logic out the window when you're watching a John Wick right, film, right? Yeah, just focus on the action. I, 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 I listen. My jaw was to the floor, man. Um, another thing too, John Wick gets thrown around a lot in this movie. I mean, a lot. He does, yes. Like, like, like the man is literally—he's uh, like an energizer, buddy. He just keeps going; <laughs> uh, he doesn't stop. But yeah, man, I, I love that scene. And I like how the tracker—I like how Mister Nobody keeps messing with Marquis. He keeps calling back, like, "All right, we're gonna have to up that Annie." Uh, no, dude. Like, oh uh, yeah, I'm the, I'm the only hope you got right now. You're gonna have to <laughs> up that Annie. And I like how, like, the Marquis is like losing his control more and more uh, the closer John Wick gets to him.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, because we got to kind of go back a little bit. This is the entire scene where he's trying to get back to the marquee for this gun battle or this duel that's supposed to happen at uh, sunrise. So while this is all going on and everything like that, you have the different groups trying to take him out. And he's slowly rising the amount of money that he'll pay for John Wick's death in Mm. order to prevent him from getting there. And just to take a moment to talk about the scene before that, where he's with like the Bowery King and everything like that. He gives him the new suit. He's like, you know, I I had this, you know, made, you you still prefer black, right? And is holding like a new suit that has like the newest kind of, uh, you know, bulletproof and everything protection in it. And the new gun that he uses throughout the battle and everything. Every time that gun got knocked out of his hand, I was just like, he's going to go back for the gun. He's definitely going back for the gun. There's no way he's leaving that one behind.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, man, and I got to that was the one, that was one of the two sequences that made my jaw drop to the floor. The second sequence, hey, man, I'm going to just say two words, fire gun. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, no, no, I'm going to say another two words, crane shot. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> goodness bro that was oh my goodness i was me and my me and my wife were in the theater losing our minds we was like dude this is like a video game
1: it's very reminiscent of hotline miami in that top-down perspective as he's going through the building and everything i think this might be one of my favorite one shots in any action movie hands
0: down it was unbelievable like mm-hmm. I said, this movie makes you want to believe in the unbelievable. I right. mean, this, this is just reaches new heights of action cinema.
1: Yeah, because this scene incorporates a top-down perspective of John Wick kind of going through this abandoned building as you have these other assassins trying to get him. And at one point, these assassins are using bullets called Dragon's Breath, which fire a kind of blast of fire as it shoots at the same time. And I love how they open it by, like, doing a test shot on a bulletproof vest, and it just obliterates the vest like no other. And it's like, okay, I don't see how John Wick is going to survive this one. Uh, but he does by, you know, killing somebody that has that gun first and then <laughs> using it on all of them in glorious Dude, fashion.
0: Dude, <laughs> I... I... I w- the special effects behind that were so great, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and I love how you kind of see the tracker not too far behind him, like, like, like you know, like, like shooting and kind of like, I, I don't want to say guarding him, but kind of like, like checking his six a little bit. Yeah, he he uh, saves while, while. John Wick a couple times, basically
1: right. going, "Look, your your price isn't where I want it to be yet." And I love how he's talking with the marquee during this and being like, "Look, I got him in my crosshair right now. I can end this." Well, I'm not going to pay that. Okay. And then he just hangs up and he just waits <laughs> and he gets a call. Oh, I'm sorry. Price just doubled. Are you kidding me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and I like how during this uh, fi- uh, Dragon's Breath sequence, um, you know, he saves uh, Mr. Nobody's dog. Yes. Again, John Wick loves the dogs, right? Yeah, I think that's a powerful sequence because it doesn't stray away from his character and it stays true to who his character is. Um, Yeah, man, those two sequences, man, made me drop, made my jaw drop to the ground. Those two sequences reminded me of when I left uh, Mad Max: Fury Road. I said, "I've I've never seen a film like that in my life." Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I, I, it, it just made my jaw drop to the ground. Um, So that, moving on from that uh to the staircase sequence very 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 good action sequence
1: see this is the action sequence i think went on a little bit longer than it needed to
0: you telling me you didn't like the whole running joke of him falling down all those
1: stairs oh i thought it was hilarious as he just kept falling and falling but then it was him going back up and everything it's like okay okay Okay, you don't have to replay the entire <laughs> action sequence again, just this time with ah. Kane by his side. Uh, I thought that one just went on a little bit longer than it needed to. I loved it, but I think it still went on a little bit too long.
0: How you feel about that scene is how I feel about the opening uh, sequence at the uh, Osaka Continental. I felt like some sequences went a little too long. But mm. uh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. I like how when he, when he gets dropped all the way back down, Cain pops up out of nowhere. Oh yeah! Like, uh, hey, uh, what the, what, how close is it to sunset? Yeah. Or no, what I mean, time is it? is it? To... <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, how close <laughs> is it to sunrise? And then uh, he helps him get up the stairs uh, by you know, like you know, shooting everybody and killing everybody and stuff. Um, I thought that was awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: See, I did not know what kind of uh duel this was gonna be. So when we finally get to the top and they have the um the pistols, oh. Pub- yeah. Oh, oh, but uh let me say this. Uh this, this one guy who worked for the high table, uh Shitty, uh he was a soldier, man. Uh, uh the guy that that uh uh the the tracker's dog, the, the guy oh, that Mr. Nobody's dog uh, yeah, bites the, off his crouch.
1: Yeah, the guy that uh was working directly with the marquee basically the entire time. Right. He was a soldier, man. Oh, yeah. He He he, popped up more often than I expected him to. Because every time he leaves like off screen, it's like, okay, so he's dead. And then he just pops up again. It's like, okay, so now he's definitely dead. And he pops up again. It's like, how many lives do you have, man?
0: (laughs) He was like Danny McBride in Pineapple Express. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if there was a post credit scene with him waking up. Right. and, And going again. (laughs) Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, he was kind of like the dark mirror image of John Wick. He just kept coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but uh, okay. So when we finally get to the top of the stairs, yeah, I didn't expect like an actual duel, which I thought was awesome because it uh, it, it's kind of like a western feel to it. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like um, for
1: being such like an action movie for the last battle to be this very uh, rule-based you know take 15 steps turn around and at the count of three fire it's just so it's the perfect way to end such a action-packed movie in mm -hmm. such a somber kind of note Mm -hmm. like it gives you time to breathe
0: yeah, I ch I, I think this movie is uh fantastic. I mean, like you 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 uh you pay homage to a classic film with that terrific uh um uh, match cut shot with the with, with Lawrence Fishman blowing out the candle and you end with uh you know kind of a Clint Eastwood uh homage, you mm-hmm. know, a Western homage. I, I love it, man. I love it. This film wears its uh influences on the sleeve for sure. But uh I love that final um duel where John deliberately chooses not to shoot the bullet that will fatally kill kane John mm. knows he can win he he John knows he can win this fight, oh yeah but he does he doesn't want to kill kane he 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 just uh the in the last round he doesn't shoot and he lets kane shoot and then uh there's a moment where uh bill scars there's a moment where the marquee comes in and says, oh hot, I'll take the spot now yeah he, I'll he's take now, the final now. shot <laughs> right And then uh, I love I don't know if there was clapping in your in your theater, but I love that moment where, uh, you know, Winston is like, uh, well, you know, John didn't shoot yet. No. And then he turns around. You see. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Where he basically just goes, you are such an idiot.
0: Right. He goes consequences. And he just shoots him. Mm I was like, yes, that was one of the most satisfying villain deaths I've ever seen. Yeah.
1: I think the best part is if you listen to the sound mix for that scene like every time they shoot you could actually hear like left and right for where the bullets were coming from and i was sitting on the side of the theater where john was on the right side of the screen and Mm. you could actually hear the bullet from kane on the left side of the theater but you didn't hear it on the right side for john wick's Mm. gun and i went okay that was deliberate he didn't shoot did he and of course that ended up being the Oh yeah, he never fired. And then it still came out of the right side when he fired. And it's like, mm. oh, that is brilliant sound mixing. I love that. That is a uh, clap. You you deserve that one.
0: <laughs> mhm. Yeah, yeah. Um so I wanted to say um looking at a uh, looking at that finals that final sequence where uh, you know, John Wick you know, passes on to the next life. I just thought that was a beautiful moment. You know, because this started out with a man who was grieving his wife, and in his last moments of his life, he's uh, he's he's he's, he's thinking of his wife. You know, mm-hmm. you you take everything full circle. And at first, I thought the movie was playing a prank on me. I'm like, you can't, John Wick doesn't die. You can't kill John. But then you see the gravesite, and uh, you see Lawrence Fishburne and Ian McShane at the at the gravesite, and the credits roll. I'm like what Mm -hmm. oh what you killed john yeah uh
1: when they had the conversation with uh winston the bowery king when they were bringing john to paris for Mm -hmm. the final battle and everything like that and they're talking about like what they wanted to put on their gravestones and everything and john was like i want mine to say loving husband my first thought was are they gonna kill him at the end of this movie there's still a fifth movie though Are they going to really kill him here? And I I love that. I, I really wish that prior to this movie coming out during like the press tour and everything like that, because luckily we saw this before like the press tour for this movie really started kicking off. So, mm-hmm. when you have the director and, you know, Keanu Reeves coming and talking, like, we don't know if we're going to do a fifth one. We think the fourth one is a good place to close out the story, and we don't see a purpose to doing a fifth movie at this time and everything like that. I really wish they hadn't started talking about that prior to the movie coming out and everything. Cause I know seeing see, I didn't it, even notice that. Yeah, because seeing the movie... And having that idea of like, oh, yeah, there's going to be a fifth one and stuff made that climax even more shocking of watching him yeah. fall and everything.
0: Yeah, it was a it, it was a shot to the heart, you know, what I'm saying I almost uh, I'm, there are some onions in my pocket that uh, almost wrestled out some tears from <laughs> my eyes. I was <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like they 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 ended them. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. Yeah. And I love that,
1: uh, you know, prior to the movie starring and everything in my theater, uh, I could hear some people kind of joking a couple rows back and everything about, you know, hey, this movie is like three hours long. Are we about to watch like John Wick four and five here? Like, what's going on with this? And it's like, I think that might actually kind of be <laughs> what happened is,
0: you know, what we I- got four and five in this movie, more or less. You know, this movie was supposed to be longer, right? was it this really was supposed to be this was there, the director talked about there was a longer 228 minute version <sighs> I was like whoa like did he compare four did he like like, like you asked did he combine four and five in the one mm-hmm. movie like you know yeah there, there was a longer version um I don't think listen there are some people that go this movie's too long and you know that's subjective and they may be justified in what they say i I like the length Mm -hmm. I mean, it it kept my attention. Oh, yeah. I didn't think it was too long at all. Uh, But
1: at the same time, I loved every minute of this movie. There wasn't any lulls in it to me. It it had my Mm -hmm. attention, whether it was the action, the world building, uh, the suspense in some of the scenes was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Like the scene that we brought up with them at the poker table and everything like that is great. And Mm -hmm. and I got to say, I don't think... I can definitely see where they might have cut some scenes and everything like that, but I don't think anything that made it into the final cut of the movie needed to be removed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, I, I love to see that extended cut, though. Like you know, do a Lord of the Rings thing, man. Just yeah. put out John Wick Chapter Four the extended cut. I mean, come on, <laughs> uh, it, it'll sell. It'll oh, sell. Yeah. I'd watch it. Uh, <laughs> I know that for sure. Absolutely. Um I break no bones about this. Uh this is literally one of the best action films I've ever seen in my life. Uh I, I put this with Fury Road, you know what I'm saying? Uh Terminator 2, The Raid 2. Uh, it, it's just up there. I give this a 5 out of 5.
1: Mm-hmm. I I 100% agree this is one of those movies that gets a 5 out of 5 not because it happened to get all the right answers but because that was literally the highest that I could give it you know mm-hmm. it's it, one of those things where you know you have the person that gets 100 on the test and you have the person that gets 98 it's like well you only got 2 more points well yeah because those were o- the only 2 points I could get above you if there were more I still would have gotten those points
0: <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely man i this film gets extra credit i mean it's mm-hmm. just it's just a terrific film no doubt um yeah I guess when it comes out to it, I mean we knew what this was going in uh chapter four wins over over one
1: yeah, and that's to say it this is a you know four out of five movie starting off a franchise that kept yeah. getting better and it hit the five out of five before it could end and I Cannot wait to see what they do with the upcoming spinoffs for Ballerina, the Continental Hotel show that's coming up and everything. And, yeah, this series is probably one of my favorite action series of all time.
0: Yeah, I have to agree. All right, man, going into after show topics. Any other movie you've seen lately, man? Uh, So, this week, I have not caught any other
1: movies. I think after watching... I. Don't know, somewhere in the thousands of movies the previous week. Uh, I decided to take a little bit of a break <laughs> this week. <laughs> and I actually caught up on a couple TV shows. Uh, mainly caught up on The Bad Batch, caught up on Mandalorian, which those mm. are, were going on simultaneously. Uh, caught up on an anime spy family that I was a couple episodes behind on. So, Spy versus family? Uh, it's just pronounced spy family. It's one of those same things where it's like Hunter X Hunter where it's just Hunter Hunter. This one's just spy family.
0: Oh, oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: Yep. And gotcha. yeah. So that's that's been my watching stuff for the last week.
0: You know, um, I'm part of a film club on Twitter, uh, where we uh we, we, we watch a movie every week and uh this month, don't you know it? It was my favorite genre. It was musical month. Oh, you're loving this month. <laughs> um, listen, that's ironic, right? Because the thing is, I think these people may have converted me, man. <laughs> uh, the musicals I've been watching, man, they're so. I think it's because they're so unorthodox uh, in, in the world of musicals that they. I really like them, like. Um the first choice we had was like All That Jazz. That's a uh that's a great movie from the uh the 70s I want to say. I think it was the 70s. I think old. that one is the 70s. Yeah, it's a great terrific film. Um we had that movie we had uh Hedwig and the Angry Itch. I got to finish that movie, but that's like from the 90s or 2000s. But the last one we saw uh kind of a downer of a movie, but uh Steve Martin in uh Pennies from Heaven. Uh, yeah, kind of a downer of a movie, but I I like these movies because they're musicals, but they're they they have unorthodox dark stories at their center. Now, mm-hmm. when I think musical, I'm thinking Les Mis, Cats, Wicked, and you know, I, I, I don't knock it till you tried it, right? I just never tried these films, so I just go, I can't watch a movie where everyone's singing every every second of the of the runtime, right? Um, yeah. But uh these movies, man, I ain't go I ain't gonna lie, these were some great musicals I watched this month. Uh so I, I guess from now on I say I don't hate musicals. Uh I just dislike them. <laughs> so, so we're a step above it's, now. It's, it's just, a step up. It's a step up. I just dislike musicals. I don't hate them now. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so in recent news, man, uh you had to have heard about this, man. You heard about this Jonathan Major stuff? Yeah,
1: where he was apparently arrested. Uh, what was that? It was Friday night that he was arrested?
0: I believe so. Yeah. I believe it was Friday.
1: Yeah, and accounts of uh, domestic abuse.
0: Saturday. And it was Saturday.
1: Was it Saturday? Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it. Yeah, I heard that and immediately was like, oh, no. Ezra Miller, watch out! You got some competition now.
0: You know, it's not, it's not funny, but uh, and from everyone I heard, when people were reading this, they were like, uh, "Oh, that's interesting," and yet the Flash is still coming out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, like, and yet the Flash still exists. <laughs> like, like everyone kept saying oh okay that's interesting
1: yeah i think the bigger thing on this is it hasn't all been confirmed yet uh at the very least i haven't heard any confirmation last time i heard it was coming from tmz and they were just like yeah he came was being dragged out of his house for beating his wife and all this other stuff and it's like okay well tmz also said that britney spears went on a tirade through a restaurant and then the footage came out and it just turns out that she was yelling at somebody that was, you know, bothering her while she was trying to sit down, Ian was harassing her. So, what's the truth here?
0: <laughs> yeah, well apparently uh allegedly it's not his uh his wife, but I believe it was a uh, like a girlfriend Oh, okay. that he uh he, he lived with domestically. Um and what I just read of a BuzzFeed article that 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 I believe came out today said that uh, that the uh the person who filed the report uh took back the claims um really No, it's a buzz yeah now it's a buzzfeed article so i don't know how true it is but that's just something i saw today but uh i feel like this is one of those things that we just gotta we gotta wait and see what happens i hope it's not true um somebody like him that's just come this far in his career and is is blowing up right now oh yeah like you know you got creed 3 you got ant-man 3 you got a a film that did great a Sundance called Magazine Dreams that's coming out. Like mm-hmm. like Jonathan Majors is killing it right now. Um, yeah, it it would it it would be it would be totally depressing and disappointing to see if uh, if something like this was true and uh, he, you know, lose everything potentially. Right.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of still on the fence on, you know, whether this is something that happened or not, because, again, I don't know not much about him aside from he was picked to be Kang, and he did a great job in Creed. A- aside mm-hmm. from that, I don't know anything about his history or anything like that. And it would yeah. suck if this is true, because he has been knocking it out of the park recently. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't have anything to go off to be like, oh, no, I don't believe that. I think that's crazy. Like the first time we heard something about Ezra Miller, I was like, "Really, really the the dorky guy from all the movies? That's that's the guy that went off the rails." And by the third time, it's like, "Oh, this is just Ezra Miller. Th- that's that's what he does. Apparently, <laughs> he just goes to weddings and throws chairs at people."
0: Yeah, man. The first time I heard about it uh, with the Ezra Miller thing, I was like, "Hold up, man. Hold up. Like, like, like the the kid from *Perks of a Wallflower*." and then i I started thinking about, we need to talk about Kevin. I was like, "Oh, man, maybe that darkness came from a real place. If you've mm-hmm. seen that movie, that's a dark movie, but um, yeah man yeah i uh we'll we'll just have to see what happens in other news, something else we commented on earlier, Justin Rowland uh got cleared of all wrongdoings,
1: yeah, for the case of him uh apparently kidnapping a girl and everything like that for that." It apparently it exited court and under no evidence found or not enough evidence or it was circumstantial evidence. One of the terms, I can't remember which one it was, but he kind of went on this whole thing on Twitter and everything like, yeah, my name was dragged through the mud and everything like that. It's like, look, that was kind of just the opening to everything that started coming out about you. And the fact that he didn't make a statement about anything else kind of says something more than it needs to, because there were a bunch of leaked DM messages where he was saying outrageous stuff and all this other stuff about him apparently like, staff people that work with, uh, on Brick and Morty and everything were saying that he was actually horrendous to work with, it was, like, working with mm-hmm. an eight-year-old that if he didn't get his way, he would throw a tantrum until he got what he wanted, people wouldn't even know he was in the office unless they heard his, like, RC car coming down the hallway and stuff, and it's like, really? And then when you hear from, like, multiple people, it's like, wow, okay, that that wasn't just somebody, like, exaggerating the situation, Th- this is actually what he would do. <laughs> he literally had an RC car in the hallway? Yeah, apparently, like, during Rick and Morty meetings, he would get bored and he'd <laughs> just go in the hallway and play with an RC car. And <laughs> Wow, that's funny. That's funny. It, it is funny, but at the same time, if you were, like, working with somebody and you were just like, we gotta get this project done, and he's just like, I don't like this, and he just walks out of the room and goes play with an RC car in the hallway. You're like... Really, this guy runs the situation here? <laughs> no wonder it took three years for us to get a new season of Rick and Morty.
0: <laughs> hey man, I got I gotta sometimes I think, man, like I love to film Good Burger with uh Keenan and Kale, mm-hmm. but uh if I worked with Kale's character Ed at a fast food restaurant, I'd want to kill that guy.
1: Oh yeah, you would want to strangle him like, every single day, and every single yeah, time man. that you coming into work, you're just going I need to find a new place. I can't.
0: (laughs) My mental health can't take this. I need to work in Mondo Burger. Right. (laughs) I'll I'll deal with that arrogant uh, uh, dictator guy, then deal with Ed. Right. If I I really worked with Ed, I would have strangled him.
1: (laughs) Uh, And also, speaking of Good Burger, we have the sequel confirmed and everything. I don't know if we talked about this yet.
0: Yeah, I heard about that. Um, We'll see, man. We' we'll, we'll see,
1: oh, I'm excited for it. I don't care i I'm excited for it seeing Keenan and Kel together again in like a full length movie. I didn't care what it kind of movie it would have been. you know, we could have gotten a movie with like Ke or uh Peel's Keanu just featuring Keenan and Kel, and I would have loved it, you know just seeing them together is just childhood memories,
0: yeah, yeah. I I guess the reason I'm a little skeptical is because you know I was sold on the fact that Dumb and Dumber Two would work, um, (laughs) and and still I have not watched that film. I I just I don't know. I've been burnt before.
1: That that's fair. That's fair.
0: So I'm just gonna wait and see what happens. I'm going to wait and see what happens. I
1: can say even if it ends up being bad, I'm going to get some enjoyment out of seeing them together again. (laughs) We'll we'll see how long that enjoyment lasts, though.
0: (laughs) I just don't want it to be one of those films that go, uh, hey, you remember this joke? Hey, remember this bit? And it's going, yeah, I remember that bit. And then Shaquille O'Neal shows up again. (laughs) <laughs> and you know, I was like, I can't I can't do this. Like I don't wanna see the greatest hits of Good Burger. I wanna see a mm-hmm. sequel to Good Burger.
1: Right. I honestly during the entire like reboot kind of thing of like having the cast come back for like a reunion special and everything, I'm surprised they didn't do that with Keenan and Kel. Because that seems like one of those ones that's just ripe for having like a reunion one episode kind of thing come out. Oh,
0: you mean like a special? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, they kind of had that on all that, though, with the new cast. And, like, you know, there's been Jimmy Fallon skits and stuff. I mean, they, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But,
1: yeah, that just seems like one that I feel like would be easy because that one had, like, a low cast on it. So getting them all together, because I don't think any of them have passed, have they? Um, what do you mean? From Keenan and Kel? Any of the main cast?
0: I don't. I don't believe so, no. But I was gonna say, uh, well, you know, there's the scandal with Dan Schneider too. Um, you mm. know, uh, with the, you know the dirt on his name that I don't think it'll be. I think is kind of trying to separate itself that's from true. that. So that's kind of why that makes sense why they haven't done that. I mean, iCarly got a remake, but Dan Schneider's not the writer on that remake. There's a whole new showrunner and stuff. That's right. And I that's forgot that they
1: brought that back as like the adult version of iCarly. It's not bad. It's,
0: really? I've seen a few episodes. It's not bad. I mean, it's the same kind of goofiness, but from like an adult. It's basically like how I met your mother, iCarly. Oh, okay. Pretty much. That's fair. But it works. It it works. You know, I, I think it's a it's a pretty funny remake. Um it's a shame Jeanette McCarty isn't on it though. It's it's it's, it's missing her, but uh I mean it's, it's understandable
1: it's why she's not on it.
0: Right, right, right. I read her book, by the way. It's a pretty good book.
1: I, I need to read it still. I have the audio book. It was one of the ones I grabbed from Audible uh, couple mm-hmm. when they had like a sale on like books for like a $1.99 or something on Audible. That was one of the ones I picked up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty good book. I, I'd say check it out when you get a chance. Um, other than that, man, I ain't really been watching much. Uh, I think that uh, pretty much uh, caps us off here. All right, y'all, you know, like, share, and subscribe. Keep watching movies. Keep loving movies. Uh, You let us know what you think is the best one here. If If you go with four, if you go with one, let us know. Like, share, and subscribe. Take care.